Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. If you're interested in learning about the ketogenic diet like I was to save my own life, then this is probably the podcast for you. Eight years ago, I knew nothing about it. Six years ago, it saved my life. Three years ago, I started researching and talking with some of the authorities in the field and attending medical conferences about this to understand why and how keto so dramatically changed my and my wife's Judy's lives. The purpose of this podcast is to share our journey of discoveries with you in understanding how keto is so effective in improving so many different conditions, from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science. We'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Hi, this is Dr. Goldcamp, and welcome back to another episode of The Keto Naturopath. I have to go back and finish up my thoughts about the interview with Dr. Alan Gaby. Yes, he was a professor of mine and certainly made his impression both back then, but my praise for him now is the work that he has done for, I'll say, humanity in general. Yeah, and he stood on the shoulders of giants before him, but he's done, in my view, something that really should be called heroic work. It's really about humanity. How the my my issue with practicing medicine as I see it as a naturopathic physician today is there is so much clever marketing that is about false information of things that have not been researched that we just don't know about but sound good. I even have patients, patients, clients, either or that sort of have the nerve to tell me what kind of folate I should be using. And you realize they have been so marketed to, they now feel that they know, you know, they somehow are above it all. So in our program once, uh, this is pretty thorough coaching. We do a whole metabolic panel. We then do a hormonal panel. We then do intercellular panel. And we then do a genomic analysis. You're most irrelevant. You're most irrelevant, right? There's a lot of irrelevancy in uh, genomic analysis, but your most relevant uh, SNPs that we look at. But there was a a wife of somebody who was in our program who this person was diabetic and had a lot of issues we could work on, and we did, and it did do very well. But the wife was making sure to tell the husband to tell me that, no, you can't take folate. You need to take methylated folate. That's the form you need. And do you realize now we're we're locking in to the interview with Dr. Gaby, and I hope you listened about it and extracted what I'm about to extract again, again, and again, which is there is no validity to methylated vitamins. There's no validity to methylated vitamins. There is either no research or poor research, invalid research, incongruous research on methylated vitamins. Yet it is saturated for every company. Whatever one you use to do the analysis on your genome, they'll go, see, you need methylated folate because you have a SNP in the methylation process. So we'll just jump around that BS, BS, BS. But how can you stand up to this tsunami 
of people that say, no, I know. I read 15,000 ads that told me that it was true. Well, there you go. This is probably a person hasn't been to the library in a decade or two. This is probably a person that is very much about learning about life, about what's sold on Amazon. It's very much a person that gleans their information solely from whatever Facebook groups or other little social media. There's nothing foundational in their education. It's all by hearsay. I'm not saying there's no validity to that, but you need to pair that kind of information, that category of information with some cold, hard facts. What is it that we know? Where do I go for we know? Do you remember, speaking to my generation, but in my generation, every time you ask to have a word spelled, how do you spell conscience? Well, go look it up. I don't want to go look it up. Or you have a question on the emperors of the Roman Empire. Well, go look it up. It's because it was normal for every household to have a dictionary usually about the size of the family Bible for those who had that. You know, it was a big thumper of a dictionary. They got smaller, but we, nonetheless, there was at least a lot of dictionaries throughout the house that you needed to consult. That was part of what you were trained to do. That was part of what that culture did. They looked things up so they would learn it. They also had an encyclopedia. I remember I grew up and when my folks bought the Encyclopedia Britannica, you know, like the, the third time they did this and we got a new set. You would pull it down just to go through the covers. I know am I saying that? I'm 64. I probably sound like a 90-year-old saying, you know, we read books and we looked things up and that's how things were. No, we (laughs) read books. And by the way, I'm very dyslexic. I had books read to me until I could read until it got easier for me to do that. But I looked things up and I was very curious. But anyway, People don't do that anymore, and there is an efficiency for getting things online. So I often go to PubMed, and by the way, PubMed isn't the 100% secure place that anything is on PubMed is true. Don't go there or Google Scholar. It just means it is a listing of a quote-unquote study. Uh, many pharmaceutical companies and supplement companies have now used knowing people will go there and with the thinking that it's a a better source, and it is a better source, but still. What they'll do is have a bogus study and they'll make a good abstract. And so most people, if they look at it at all, they'll go for the title and be done with that. But then they'll go for the abstract and you get the conclusion in the abstract and say, see, this is it. But if you ask them to look at the rest of the study, they wouldn't have any idea of how to tell if it was a good study or not a good study. So again, I come back to Dr. Alan Gaby's work, heroic. 1,458 pages and over 400 conditions and yada, yada. It's a lot, but that's where you go to find out, how do you know about magnesium? Remember we talked about magnesium a little bit on the podcast? You know, let me just read you as an example, read you about, let's see where I can come to. Here we go. This is uh, one of the emails that I get. These were supplements for to be brain fit. And so it goes through and it gets to magnesium three and eight, which is the one that's so, and it gave these footnotes. You go, well, that's pretty good. So I hit these footnotes. And not one had any authentic research on it. It went to some were in PubMed and it talked about magnesium in general. Well, I have no doubt magnesium in general is good for all these things, but nothing was specific about magnesium 3 and 8 except for one reference from the company that makes magnesium 3 and 8 and saying how wonderful it was. Well, still, it was saying what magnesium is used for, but it didn't show 
in any way that was better than any of the other forms. For all we know, it was worse than the other forms. So that's the kind of stuff that it's kind of benign. It's meant to be the word specious, that it's appearingly true but false. uh, And it really irks me. You know, it's like hacking this whole, I'm going to, I don't need to do what my parents did. I'm going to hack work. I'm going to get rich without working. I'm going to hack education. I'm going to be smart and be educated without having to go to school. I mean, these are the oxymorons of our time. No work is no work is necessary. Here's how you can be a millionaire in this next little program. No work is necessary. You don't need to understand anything. It's like, how could that possibly be? I know that I probably sound ultra conservative, and actually, if one wants to know my political position, is progressive. Um, I used to think I was a Democrat, but I don't know. Uh, nor am I a Republican, so I'm just out out there someplace, right? Libertarian would be my view. Anyway, that was a tangent for sure. But I want to show you, how do you balance this stuff that comes thrown at you? Yeah, it's a real breakthrough. Magnesium L3 and 8, breakthrough brain enhancer, yet has no, you know, they what they, here's the clever thing. And I mean, you go on Amazon, you'll find how many different vitamin Ds, how many different magnesiums out there, and they all call themselves something different. So this particular one is called MagTian. According to the MagTian manufacturer, here's the dose, you know, so you call it something different and then you can be the specialist on that thing. It's a marketing technique. And so what's fine if you're selling a private label item, you're clever and you named it something, but it's not any better than anything else. Here's hoping it's not dangerous what you're doing, kiddo. And you have a degree of integrity by saying, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe let's connect to our prefrontal cortex and just reflect on that a little bit by saying, is it ethical? Is it moral? Should I be doing this? Or are you going to come up the alleyway of thinking by saying, you know, if I can do it, if it's legal to do it, I will do it. Well, it doesn't mean you don't screw people by doing something legal. This is where the ethics and the morality come on an individual level. You know, if you don't want to go into the government stuff, but please think for yourself, differentiate what is right and wrong for yourself, and so on and so forth. So let me just finish up the magnesium. Magnesium is great for the brain. It's great for a lot of things. It's used in at least 300 different reactions in the body. That and zinc are flood the body with all sorts of needs and many different reactions. But often, magnesium is considered, here's a line, a dopamine is a motivational molecule and is in charge of the brain's pleasure forward center. True. More does it tie in with? Oh, basically says it helps with that too. And no doubt. No doubt. But why don't you have a whole food source of magnesium? Uh, you know where I stand on that. And if you get the crap out of your diet, you're going to remove 90% of the problems in your life. Then you look for, and that's where labs are necessary. And I do believe, I guess if there was a point of disagreement with Dr. Gamey, it's not really a point of disagreement. It's a different by degree, difference by degree, not by kind. And when I mean difference by degree, I do feel and I like doing different labs that give me an overlapping value. This is how I can find things out. And there was a person that just went through, we're not done with a program yet, and he had outrageously high iron. Men don't have high iron unless they have something like hemochromatosis. And you rule that out. And it's like he's taking a supplement, supposedly, because somebody told him he had a SNP that needed to have this. And so he's taking one that was for this SNP for pregnant women, and he was running himself, wasn't sleeping well, he was anxious, his inflammation was climbing. You know, it's like 
there you go. There's a person thinking they're doing a smart thing, a smart person destroying themselves. And that happens, if it happens once, it has happened at least a couple thousand times that I've seen over the last 20 years. That's why you go back to a reference, the singular reference is Dr. Gaby's book. I want to know about magnesium. Maybe you should read about that. Maybe you'll have to read as much as five or 10 pages. If you really want to get into it, read that. And then you can go into all the associated conditions that it's used and the dosages and so on and so forth. But at least you know, but you don't want to know that because your life is too busy and so on and so forth. And you want to just like follow the the marketing jingle. Well, then do it. You know, I can't help you there, but this is for This podcast is for those who want to think for themselves, those who want to differentiate what is true from what is not true. You know, if you want to float in the world of false claims and marketing that has now become this cash cow due to the internet, it's all over the place. You know, you are marketed to, this is the anchor. This is going to remove the fog of marketing for all those that have valid questions. Jump in, ask the question, just like, how do you spell conscience? Go look it up. When did what year did Columbus take off from Spain? Go look it up. I never got off the hook on any of those. Consequently, I guess I learned things. Or I'd go ask somebody else. Usually <laughs> ask one parent, then the other parent, and then you work down uh, your siblings. So there was back doors. Uh, but eventually I'd have to go look it up. So that is what I want to talk about. And so when we talked about supplements in general with Dr. Gaby, there's that reference and that's what he represents and he comes from. So you could say, well, it's pretty conservative. Well, it is part of what you need to know. Just like as we know, language changes, right? People, uh, you take a word that is used incorrectly enough, it becomes acceptable and acceptable becomes correct. So things do change, but they change with documentation and science in, in supplemental use. And this whole world of supplemental use, nutritional therapy, started primarily back with Abram Hoffer in what is referred to as orthomolecular medicine. And he's one of the shoulders, the giants of the shoulders that Dr. Gaby's work stands upon. And he started off with supplements for schizophrenia. Now you go, why would anybody start giving supplements to schizophrenia? I mean, that's a kind of a potentially dangerous condition to, just like with medications, when they would say the half in jest and all of earnest comment, oh, he's off his meds, they're referring to somebody who is a schizophrenic who's not taking their medications and then goes into schizophrenic episodes and either harms themselves, harms others, et cetera, et cetera. So why would anyone start with schizophrenia? Well, the reason is when people are malnourished, and so before malnourished meant you didn't get enough food, you were starving, i.e. the Dutch hunger winter of 1944, or the seas of Stalingrad, all these, or or the various famines that happened in China in the 50s. Um, that's malnourishment globally, large populations of people, and that's about food in general. But now we have a whole other era of manufactured famines, and what I mean by that is like processed food, i.e., Doritos. If you have Doritos, Doritos has is devoid of any nutrition. It has calories. It's devoid of any nutrition. No nutrients, no vitamins, no anything. It's garbage. However, it has been engineered to be one of the most addictive processed foods you can have. It varies per person, but it's up there. So processed foods is that category. Addiction of processed foods. 
So the famine that I tell you about is because there's at least a generation or two. So you figure if I grew up and the most processed foods we have was Stouffer dinners, you'd have that because mom was working late or whatever, and dad didn't get back from the hospital yet. Well, you'd have to warm up Stouffer's and that was our dinner. I loved them. I went back and had Stouffer's a couple of years ago and I go, wow, they're really salty. But tangent there. So that was the beginning of and the TV dinners and so on. That was always a big treat. Well, now a whole generation has gone far beyond that. They have, you know, 90% of what they eat is actually processed foods. So their famine is self-induced in the sense of they are calorie high and nutrient poor. I know you've heard that before, but the famine is no different than the famine of China or Stalingrad of during the war or the Dutch hunger winter is an overabundance of calories and no nutrition. And so their body is starving. It's in a famine. So what falls apart first? What falls apart first is your neurology. What falls apart first is your ability to manufacture and break down neurotransmitters appropriately. What falls apart first are your nerves. And in the literal sense and in the figurative sense is your nerves. And so schizophrenia is defined mental disorder, but nobody will disagree that it has to do with inappropriate neurotransmitter mechanisms, usually deficiencies and excesses of such, though it's described behaviorally, not neurotransmitterly, not in terms of neurotransmitters. I say this, and I've said this to our coaching group, this is the first wheel that falls off the car. When you're starving, whether it's by a legitimate famine, you've hiked a little bit too far and you got lost and now you're going from day three to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. As you starve, what happens? You start to become mentally disturbed. It's the first wheel that falls off the car. So back to Abram Hoffer, why did he start with schizophrenia? Something so bad as that. Well, it's interesting that it certainly can be addressed by uh, various supplements. I won't go into that now. It's a that's a separate topic, but it's remarkable. And of course, all of this is challenged by conventional medicine. So in conventional medicine, they don't want to hear that you're not giving pharmaceuticals. They don't want to hear you're giving supplements. Oh, the world of unregulated supplements, you're giving supplements, oh, you're going to kill them. Oh no, I don't think that's quite the case. Why don't we do some lab work and find out which way it goes? You know, let's let's verify the story. Let's have a, a cordial well-documented comparison. We up for that? No, we're not up for that. So consequently, the world of misinformation, marketing, even political at that point, you know, if you have a lot of finances on one side, who you're going to lobby, who you're going to present, it's really difficult to discern what is true from what is not true. So I really hate that that's an issue. It shouldn't be an issue. Do you realize other countries prohibit the advertisements of pharmaceutical companies? Uh, I've talked a lot about the drug-induced nutrient deficiencies. It's just a terrible situation. It is the reality we have in the United States, and it is the reality in other countries as well. But there are countries, having lived in Norway, you know, the only time they could advertise about anything uh, that was a little bit metabolically challenging, shall we say, was about alcohol during the Christmas season. So they would call it, there's Yule is Christmas for in Norwegian. And um, they would talk about Christmas spirit, and the implication was Christmas spirit was the alcohol. Han gu, a gu yule, gu yule, Merry Christmas. 
So anyways, that's that's as much as it gets. So that's pretty pretty conservative, right? And everybody's sort of going to read between the lines and okay then. So that is the value of Dr. Gaby's book on supplements. How do you discern between what is real and what is not real? How do you test for what is real and how do you know your your need? Let me give you another example. This is um, from Mercola and I'll give you my opinion about Mercola and I've met with him and talked with him. This is way back when we were thinking about when we were doing caprylic acid, triglyceride, our C8 product, and sustainable sources that, uh, and his head of science and supplement guy called me. We talked about RSPO. It's a whole nother, if you've listened to that podcast. And I realized he chose not to go sustainable because he wanted to be part of the market. That sort of let me know who he was. Since then, I don't really have a lot of praise for him. However, a gazillion other people, I get his emails on a regular basis. And I will say, perhaps three quarters of what he's, what he prints and writes or is in his letters, I disagree with, or I find it is just so blatantly self-serving in terms of selling his supplements that it makes me choke. However, the 25% that it's not, he sometimes has like just a perfect commentary on a number of things, whether it's vaccinations and so on and so forth, that I appreciate uh, his perspective on that. And he's been persecuted for his positions in certain things. He's making, and, and his business model is to stay controversial. So it's sort of self-serving. However, it's some serious powers that are coming up to, against him to shut down his website. All that is just to sort of disclose, whereas my predisposition, I'm just not disliking somebody. It's a discretion as part of it. So here's one of his ads about carnitine. Carnitine complex. It's like, everybody needs carnitine. Well, everybody needs carnitine because it helps your mitochondria, good keyword, right? It helps your mitochondria burn fat. You know, and we all need it. Well, I would say, no, we don't all need it. I think you need to test first, which is what we do. And it could be profound. But what I found is if you take something you don't need, it's not profound. And usually it has a lot of untoward, unfriendly, uh, uncomfortable side effects. And so this sort of, hey, take this, you know, you need this. And and, and so he goes on, he talks in a pretty decent way about what a carnitine is. But, you know, you need my special brand. No, you don't need your special brand. Somebody needs to do some labs on you. And then you can say, well, wait a minute, what if I, I can't get labs? I don't know how to do labs. Well, I'm sorry if you're really going to separate yourself from reality. It's a little bit like saying, I don't read books. What do I do if I don't read books? And I'll take responsibility for myself. I don't know what to say with that. I mean, at some point, you got to get some degree of reality into your life. And the way I do that, how I work with people is define the reality, not just from what they tell me. Uh, is by what their labs show. And I don't just, and one lab isn't everything. That's why we do different labs to have them overlap and give me a 3D view of who they are and what what's going on. That makes sense with their story, with their history of what they're trying to tell me. So I find that very disingenuous. You buy my carnitine complex and I, I, I can guarantee you, you know, I mean, it sounds like it is you know, off the back of a wagon and I really, this is the part I hate about it. He's no different than anybody else, by the way. At the same time, he'll balance that with a pretty decent interview of somebody. And so you go, well, maybe I will buy this stuff. But I think there's a missing step here. And I don't know if he actually really ever practiced and saw people. Um, he's a, is he, is he osteopath or a chiropractor? I can't remember anymore. But I think there's a validity to doing lab work on people and actually being a physician and doing this intake. It's not redundant. 
These are not unnecessary things. And part of our mentality today is due to marketing, you don't need to see doctors. You don't need to read books anymore. Just trust me. (laughs) Really? Are we really going to be that loose on this? So again, my reference to Dr. Gaby and his work, this took hours to put this together, hours, years to put this together. You don't just get this. And one has to be driven by wanting to know what is actually real. So I know I've harangued you on this enough, but that's just another example how you can be very misled. And so you basically hire a marketing company to put this together in a very attractive way and you get your emails out and so on and so forth. Um, I'm really annoyed by all this and it really drowns out what I believe are more genuine voices that have spent their 5, 10, 15, 40 years of practice to say, this is what has worked. This is the documentation of what has worked. And you may want to consider this for yourself as opposed to a new label and coming up with a new name for a new form of magnesium that hasn't been tested just because it sounds clever. There you go. So that's my dilemma. That is always the bone in the back of my throat to go over these things. What else can I show you that it doesn't take much? It doesn't take much. So on the on the other side of how do you use supplements? I think when you start looking into, let's say, schizophrenia, I, I like looking into schizophrenia and mental disorders because when you overlap that, first of all, you look at deficiencies, right? So you can get some deficiencies through serum lab tests. And then you back that up with intracellular lab tests, in my view. And then you look at the hormonal won't help you out too much with that, but it's there are some overlaps with what they call organic acid tests and a few other things. But I like to look at really a cluster of maybe 10 to 15 different uh, SNPs, mostly around the concept of methylation. And that is really helpful. From way back when, when I lectured at the pharmacy school in the mid, early 2006, uh, 07, I mean 2006 and 7, that the problem was if there's certain people that had a predisposition of SNPs of methylation, like myself, like myself and my wife, it would be a tendency to be an addictive person with my issues. And if I take certain medications, such as proton pump inhibitors, Nexium, Prilosec, and so on and so forth, that is going to nearly shut off my ability to take in B12 and folic acid. And that would totally throw me into candidacy. How's that? Candidacy for being a schizophrenic or any one of a number of other mental disorders. And so therefore, a person like me, and there's plenty of people like me that don't know what to supplement for, don't know what their predisposition is because they haven't looked into it because they don't believe in labs or something, or haven't found a physician that can work with them this way, that would make me earn, be given the diagnosis of bipolar, obsessive compulsive, schizophrenia, and therefore be on pretty heavy meds like for the rest of my life because it would be a disorder that people don't get better from. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That's clearly where somebody like me would definitely go with my genetic predispositions. So that's the danger when you start adding certain medications that are not going to tell you about their drug-induced nutrient deficiencies. It is kind of ironic that uh, metformin, which is used for diabetes, which is helps to cut back your glycogen, or actually your cuts back not only your glycogen, but really your own ability to produce your own glucose. So the idea is to lower your overall glucose and just make it more about what you eat as opposed to what you're making. Well, it also blocks and prevents you from taking in, it induces a B12 deficiency. 
So over time, this thing that most most diabetics have genomic methylation problems that directly have to do with B12 and folic acid. You're taking this medication to address your blood sugar levels, to drop them down ideally, and yet it's creating a deeper, more profound global problem. So you have to do both. So in the very least, if somebody has to be on metformin, well, then you give them, supplement the things that that is creating the deficiency for, namely B12 and probably folic acid. That's how they're doing. So that's the point here. There is a very safe place to do it. There is a wise way of doing it. It's not highly complex, but guess what? It takes work. You got to read a book. You got to check a reference. You got to do some labs. That's it. This is why we have our program. People come in. I get this all the time. Uh, a woman just asked, like, you know, I'd love to do some coaching. It's like, well, you know, what supplements should I take? It's like, I don't know what supplements you should take because I don't know who you are. I don't just give supplements to somebody I don't know. I need to hear their story, do their labs, and that's it. People just want shorter answers. Just give me the pill. I mean, so think about that mentality. The mentality is just give me the pill. They think that, oh, well, I'm the safe guy. If you get a pill from me, it can't screw you up. As opposed to if you get a pharmaceutical or somebody else has given you a drug, well, just told you about all the side effects. It's like, that could screw you up. But yet your mentality, your mentality is one that you're not willing to do the work. You're still looking for the magic pill. By the way, that's the name of a great documentary on uh, a ketogenic diet. Hope you see it, the magic pill. But that's still that mentality. Whether it's a supplement you're after or a drug you're after, your side of the equation has not changed. Your side of the equation does need to change. You need to be a little more educated. You need to think for yourself a little bit. Or in the very least, go find somebody that's willing to do this work for you, in essence, teach you how to think for yourself in this regard. Understand we all have specialties. I get that. That's why you get to a plumber or an electrician. I don't know about all that stuff, nor am I going to screw around with it. I want to spend my time doing something else. But in terms of medicine, I like to sort of see doctors as coaches. I want to foster independence, not dependence. I don't want to book up my time with people coming back to me because they didn't want to think for themselves and they're asking for the next pill. That's been no evolution in their thinking at all. So I'm not for that. For, uh, here's, here's a disclaimer. For anybody who wants to do coaching with me, guess what? Thinking is involved. Work is involved. We collaborate and we move forward. So I hope that's inspiring for others to probably think, I don't want to work with this guy. There you go. Now you know. All right. Till next time, Dr. Goldcamp. Hope you had fun today. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Dr. Goldcamp. I just wanted to encourage you to send in your questions to drgoldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. Many of you have, and so what I've done with these questions that I've gotten back to most of the people I email, but some of the questions that were so good, and if they're overlapping to other questions, I would combine them and try to put that into the topic of a podcast, either via one of the micro topics that are covered in an interview. As you know, we cover a lot of topics in any given interview or some of my own sort of reporting, if you will, on some of these issues. So please keep the questions coming. Feel free to send in an email and uh, I will get back to you. Stay listening, send in your questions, and I will definitely get back to you.